0: Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you this morning that we get a chance to hear from your word. Lord, we believe that uh that you left us instructions for living in your word. I'm grateful for our entire team, our worship team that sang out to you, Lord, and it is the first time in a long time that I've been in the presence of live worship music, and I'm grateful for the the, the welcoming they do of They welcome you into this time, Father, for us all. I'm thankful, Lord, for our deacons and deaconesses that drove around Advent reefs uh, and and our uh, amazing Mac Lit leader that created packets and kits for kids so that they could have a, a great Advent experience, Lord. I'm thankful for Jenny who decorated the stuff behind me. Father, we're just grateful for what you're doing. And now, Lord, use this time, this time where we are, Reflecting on the the testimonies of, of 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 folks that speak of your Christ-centered, of your coming, Lord, use this time to magnify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been uh you've been doing some research. You've been home and you realize the fridge has gone out. So uh, you've been doing some research on fridges and you finally find the fridge you want. The delivery company brings the fridge to your crib and they have an issue. The, the, the fridge won't fit in your front door. So now what do you do? You start winging it, right? You start taking the doors off the fridge and you start taking the the the, the door's off of your house, and you find a way to get it in there. You, you, you hit a little spot where you think, how will this work out? It doesn't seem like it might work, and then you, you, you find a way. Or maybe you go grocery shopping. Y'all, y'all get all the groceries. You, you load up the cart. You get home. The family helps you put the groceries away. They stuff it all in, and then they leave two bags out. Mama, ain't no ain't no, ain't no way we're going to get this in. And what does mama do? Start playing Tetris with that thing, candy crushing in the fridge. Somehow all this stuff gets up in the refrigerator. Mama always finds a way. But for a moment, you start thinking, how will how will how will this work? Maybe it gets a little bit a little bit more intense. The stakes get a little bit higher because we know that two-thirds of people say the reason why they have applied for bankruptcy is because of medical expenses. So maybe the stakes are a little higher and you're looking at your, your checkbook, you look at what's coming in and you see what you owe and what's going out and now you're saying, how is this going to work? This situation doesn't seem like it's going to pan out in my favor. Family, I, I every Christmas we we come to this point of the year where we enter into a, a how will this work moment. Uh, a how will this all play out? It doesn't seem like it's going to add up. Lord, how will this work out? Advent reminds us that God hears us as we struggle with how will this work out? And he says, I. I got the answer. Our God says, I I have the answer. I know your greatest need. And when you can't imagine how it will work out, I'm going to respond. Family, I want to ask you to join me in Luke chapter one as we come into a how will this work out situation told from the perspective of our sister Mary. Mary's name you've heard quite often. Mary's name you probably are familiar with. Mary's perspective is going to help us understand who this Christ is and this Savior. Mary's testimony will help us understand Christ's coming. Look with me in Luke chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 26. Luke chapter 1. Verse 26. In the sixth month of the angel, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favorite one, the Lord is with you. Now, don't you just gloss over real quickly the house of David. Luke name drops that for a reason, because if you if you gloss over it, you're going to miss and forget who it is that you're actually dealing with. This isn't just some random couple that he throws into a story. This couple's name symbolizes royalty. I mean, I, I got a bunch of kids. I got. I got five kids and it's not uncommon for us to have other kids over, whether it's playdates or us babysitting the friends of, of, of the kids of friends. We tend to have kids in our house that time. And if you just came by the crib and you rolled up and you was like, oh, that's that's Northwest. And that's and that's Blue Ivy. You'd be like, Pastor, you, you, you connected, you know, like, like there's the, the name symbolizes. A, a, a place in society. The house of David communicates royalty. It communicates a connection that goes all the way back to Adam. And so Luke name drops real quick, just so you would understand the significance of this family and how they are going to fit into this situation. It's important important. He next then says greetings. Oh, favorite one says the ESV. Uh, the, also the NIV. But if you go to that old King James, it don't say greetings. It says Hail Mary. And this is a, a big debate between the, the Protestants and the Catholics as to what this says. But when you think of Hail Mary prayers or the term Hail Mary that we hear quite often, it comes from this verse right here. The, the battle is based on the significance. You know, when 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 Jesus is being is being uh, uh, tortured and they put thorns on him and then they say, Hail King of the Jews. Like that term hail is one of, of, of they, they did it in a mockery way, but didn't even know that what they were doing was actually exalting the king of kings. That term hail is to, to lift one up of authority. Catholics believe. That this angel is lifting up Mary as one of authority, saying hail Mary. Protestants believe she is extremely important and we're going to see the 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 amazing role that Mary plays, but that she's not. Almost seen as a Christ like figure. But that she still is greeted and a greeting from an angel is of great significance and the greeting that he brings is one of favor. He says, the Lord says, greetings, O favored one. Now, being favored is important because being favored means that you have the the benefits. You have a, a special amount of God's blessing on you. But sometimes what we can do is tend to think that favor is something that we have earned. Like you were so good. God went ahead and blessed you with his favor. Or that Mary lived such an upright life that God chose her and passed on his favor. Family, that that is is not the, 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 the biblical way of us understanding favor. If you would flip with me to Ephesians, hold your finger in Luke 1, flip over to Ephesians chapter 1. I want to ask you a simple question as I read these verses. How many components do you hear are based on man's response? You know, you and I like relationships. I want to give to you. You want to give to me. We want some reciprocity in all relationships. We like to think that if there's something amazing going on in this union, we've contributed somehow. So I'd love for you, as I read these verses really quickly, tell me how much of it is dependent upon man or might be dependent upon Mary. Look with me. Ephesians chapter one, starting at verse three. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. How much of that shows man's effort, man's attempts, man's strength, man's doing? None. And the same is found with Mary. God bestowed his favor upon her because he chose her. And you're not Mary. I'm not Mary. We are not Mary. But the principle reigns the same. God puts his favor on you because he chose you. And some of you know, I've heard your testimonies. Some of you know that his favor doesn't start only when you accept Christ and are doing great things and start wearing the suits and the ties. Some of you remember back to his favor being with you when you was a knucklehead. Do they even say knucklehead anymore? I don't know. But you you remember that that there are times when God just will will show up, allow his favor to flow. And it is definitely not dependent upon us. Angel then says also favor. He says the Lord is with you. And that that phrase, the Lord is with you, is a is a unique one. Mary finds herself in good company because the Lord is with you is a phrase that's used of Gideon. You remember this this Old Testament dude, Gideon, uh, 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 an Israelite who found himself in the in, in, in a fight among fights. The Midianites, every time him and his people try to grow some crops, they come steal the crops, have rushed them out so bad that they are now living in, in caves. And God comes to Gideon and says something simple in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. He says, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, Almighty oh man of valor. and I can't summarize it's two great chapters. I encourage you to read six, seven, and eight, three great chapters but but Gideon goes on, and Gideon's not a perfect man by any means, but he goes on to do great things and conquer an army with with, with just three hundred men. I mean he started out with like twenty two thousand. And and that wasn't even enough to compare with what the Midianites had. And they went all the way down to 300 and he didn't even have to lift a sword. Why? Because in a situation where it seemed like, how is this going to work out? How is this going to pan out? How is this all going to come together? God said, I'm with you, Gideon. And God made a way. And so with Mary, we find ourselves in a situation where God introduces this this amazing family line, not amazing because of their character was was spotless. No amazing because God is with them. And then he says to Mary, she is highly favored and that he is with her. And and next time you you see somebody at the gas station and you say, hey, and they say, hey, I'm doing how you doing. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You say for what purpose? Because he being blessed and highly favored by our Lord is for his purpose. It's for his intended goal. And so the angel is going to reveal that purpose in a moment. Continue with me at verse 29. Verse 29, we're going back to Luke chapter 1, verse 29. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. She was greatly troubled at the saying. Mary was troubled But it's but it's not the same type of trouble that Zechariah experienced. And we're going to have a a great time of preaching that will take place where we focus on Zechariah's testimony. But Mary's a little bit different. Mary's not troubled because she has now seen an angel and she's fearful of the angel. Mary's troubled. Because what she heard him say about her did not match up with her own understanding of who she was. You see, in that moment, the angel is looking at her and saying, Favored one, God with you. And she's looking around like, You talking about me? You talk, fa- Favored one? Like, like in this moment, Mary is troubled because now she is trying to reconcile what an angel was saying. With her current experience, and isn't isn't that the 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 plight of the Christian, where where God is speaking clearly through His Word, telling you how He sees you, and you are saying, "No, nah, I, don't, I don't know God. I'm a little troubled by that. A little a little, a little fear." might might slide up within you. You might be, might be devastated just a tad bit. It might be tough to renew your mind and not take the, the lies and the, the horrible image that you see here in the mirror and replace it with what God says. It's interesting that as I, as I talk to young brothers that are considering marriage, and when they truly, truly open up about it, one of the things they struggle with most is that once you peel back all the layers and actually let someone in, that they'd be willing to love them with all the flaws. Seems like Mary's saying, man, I'm, I'm troubled because, God, what you are saying of me is not my experience right now. It's an interesting situation to be in where where the God of the universe is is coming in and he sends an angel to remedy a situation. And that situation is one where we are broken. Humanity is in a state of darkness, is in need of a light. And he is coming with a solution. And that solution is in Mary and Mary is troubled. She's troubled. I, I remember once being troubled. It was uh, uh, yeah, if, if you if you're tuning in and it's like one of your first times, you don't really know me. Like uh, I'm most of the time I say like 98 percent of the time, I give you about two percent, 98 percent of the time. If a situation is going down, I'm smiling. Even in situations of conflict, like you call me up, I'm coming, I'm cheesing, you know what I'm saying? I'm tall, but I'm just, my arms are long, but I really, I'm not like a threat when I get there. You know what I'm saying? I show up, they're like, oh, it's Leah. you know. So I remember when one of my friends called me, and we were in school, and he calls me and tells me that some guys we know just jumped him. And if you don't jump, it means, like, a number of guys beat him up. And, and I don't, like, I'm, so, again, I show up smiling. I don't know how to fight like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, hey, hopefully God taught me something. To, uh, my father taught me something to hold my own, but I'm not, you know, Mr. Debo, nothing like that. But, in, but, but the only times I've really ever been in fights is when people I love, their safety is in jeopardy. And I began to get extremely angry. I was was leaving my dorm room and as I'm leaving my dorm room, I see other friends of mine coming out of their dorm rooms, some coming from the calf and we start to converge towards my friend's house. And as I'm walking, I hear God saying, nope, you are gonna calm this situation. Me? Like, I know what I'm about to go do. I know what I'm ready to go do. I know what I'm about to go bring. And I got the crew coming with me. We about to do this. And I hear God saying, nope, you are going to calm this situation. In that moment, y'all, I felt I experienced trouble because I knew what God was saying wasn't lining up with who I thought I was. I didn't think I could stop them. I see the anger in their eyes. I see the anger in my own eyes. You believe that I can do this? I was troubled. And I walked in and I beelined straight to my friend and I got him away from everyone else. And I said to him, brother, begging you man let's not retaliate he couldn't believe what I was asking him long story short painting a number of scenes of how it could go wrong how it could go bad at the end of the day my friend chose not to retaliate and he then went out and calmed everyone else I I experienced trouble in that moment because I couldn't believe that 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 this God believed that I could do that. And and he showed up in a situation where it just seemed like, how is this going to work out? I've come to learn. I've come to learn that that not all trouble is bad. We've actually come at least this last year. We've been encouraged by by one who has passed on that there is actually good trouble. Heard from from John Lewis as he as he shared a, 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 a speech that will go down in history books with Emory University about how as a as a young man, he he walked the streets and saw a segregated South and his auntie would try to help him, guide him, love him, put the parameters on him. White people over here, blacks here. Hey, you don't want to you don't want to push against these rails. You don't want to test this. You don't want no trouble. And he realized he he this man who who went to to school and became an ordained Baptist minister before going on to to Fisk University to graduate. He realized that his God was expecting something of him. Even if he didn't know how a boy from uh, Troy, Alabama, a rural town was going to be able to do it, he knew what he was responding to. Was God's belief in him? You see, trouble can can sometimes like like that, that. Don't don't get me. Don't get it twisted. Mary's trouble is very different than John Lewis's. Congressman Lewis. Mary's trouble is one where the angel shows up and speaks to her and she's like, whoa. I am favored in the way that God is saying it. I'm trying to discern and understand what you are saying. But I think that we can resonate with with Congressman Lewis and understanding that we find ourselves in moments where we are troubled because God expects something of us and we don't know how to get to the finish line. And that's the perfect place to be. Being willing to be. Trouble. So the angel speaks to Mary and he provides to Mary the purpose and reason for the favor and blessing that she has received. Continue with me in verse 31. Says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him, the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so, there was this, this situation uh, a, a cyclical situation. Cyclical means like it's happening over and over again, cycles that just keep repeating themselves, and it's one of sin. It's one of all of humanity is carrying this burdensome weight of sin and it is killing us. And we have tried everything. We have tried sacrifices. We've tried to stick to the law. We've tried to live perfect and holy lives. And yet there is still this depth of darkness that reigns. There was this how will this work out situation? How will this end up for our good? How will things change? And God says, Mary, or God sends the angel to say, Mary, favored one, I'm with you. Here's the answer to the problem. You're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son and you're going to call his name Jesus Why? Because this name is a name that means he will save his people from their sins. That he he is our help. He is our present help. He is the solution to our problem. He is the one who comes and takes the burden off of our shoulders, lifts it and says, let me get that. Didn't know how it was going to fit. Didn't know how the solution would come forth. Felt like it was a no win situation. How will this all work out? And the angel tells her, I'm going to tell you how it's going to work out for actually all of humanity. You are going to have a son named Jesus. He's going to be great and he will be called son of the most high. Son of the Most High. This term is 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 like it's like presidents. You know how like a a president's name that that like precedes their name. And no matter how good, how bad they were uh, uh, forever, they will be referred to as being connected to that role. That role you understand has a sense of power. That role you understand has a sense of influence and that role is supposed to have a sense of humility. Because it is supposed to represent all of our interests together as a nation. Son of the Most High. It's a phrase that represents the Messiah. That represents an authority of one who has the power to save. So when you heard the name Savior, Son of the Most High, the dots connect. And this angel is telling Mary, you're going to be the one to have (laughs) him. Come on, y'all. Put yourself in Mary's seat. Wouldn't you be a little troubled? And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. We did a responsive reading about peace. This is the 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 precursor. this is to get you ready for for what this savior will be instilling he will be bringing forth peace that will last for all of eternity and so you heard that news you 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 hear what the what the angel said to you you heard him break it down you like wow that's all good uh uh but but hold up there's one problem verse 34 we got one problem gabriel let me let me tell you a little something about me and me and joe boy and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? How will this be since I am a virgin? You see, early on, when Luke introduces Mary, he says, a uh, 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 woman um, betrothed to be married to Joseph, a virgin. He, he lets you know at the outset she's a virgin. Come back here. Mary says, well, hey, this all sounds like good news, God, but, I'm, but, but how, am I, how am I have a baby? And, and one of the main reasons that, that we see this present is to help us understand Jesus's pure, sinless life. We see two beautiful things happen in this. First, we see that, that God is communicating the power and the reality of adoption. that, That this is not Mary's bloodline. This is Joseph's bloodline. And even though Joseph has not slept with his wife or has not contributed towards the physical making of this child, this child is an heir. This child is a part of the family. This child is royalty. And so there's a beautiful uh, illustration here of adoption and its power that someday we all get to experience as believers, as we are engrafted into a Christ centered family. Hallelujah. Not a second class citizen. Not struggling because you're not Jewish, not struggling because you don't the, engrafted into the family. But also there's this issue. Um, I my my kids, like, like my wifey and I, we was laughing about this the other day. Um, yeah, so like when I sneeze, I usually sneeze like two or three times in a row. It's like achoo, achoo. it just it I don't know why. That's what happened, right? So each of my kids like have some unique sneezes, but but usually my boys Sneeze two or three times, and I just sit back like, look at my voice. I'm just proud, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, that, that, that. I know that, I know that that's, I know we tight, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a connection. And, 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 and you will see that happen. Your DNA moves on to your children. There's aspects of who you are that get that get passed on to your children. Well, sadly, because of our spiritual great great grandpappy and grandmammy, they committed sin and through their DNA line, sin was passed down to each of us, to each of us, to each of us. But see, the virgin birth. Skips that the virgin birth says, uh, uh-uh. It's not getting past to this one. The virgin birth says, even though the child is fully the dad's fully in the family, the dad didn't pass on the DNA of sin to this son. It was the virgin mother and the Holy Spirit. You see, this this birth happens through a virgin so that. The Lamb that was slain can be spotless, so that this Jesus can be without sin and so that he can have the strength to take your burdens because he is perfect you see she she's struggling i'm I'm trying to wrap my mind around this i'm I'm troubled because this 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 thing you're saying it sounds good, but as I keep looking at who I am and I keep looking at. My circumstance, how is this going to line up? Mary's not doubting God. No. But she's trying to reconcile her reality with what God is saying. And that is the call of every believer to believe it as what you have declared, God, not based on just what I see. And so there's a the the virgin birth that happens so that our God can be still fully God, no sin, but fully man as having been birthed by a woman grown in a womb. And you see the two of those come together. Continue with me, y'all. I'm going to get you on out of here. I'm going to let you let you put your candle out. I know it's going down. Don't let the kids knock over the reef. Put the ball down, boy. Put the ball down. Okay. Verse thirty five. And the angel answered her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. We we see that there's a situation that we're trying to wrap our minds around. How will this work out? How will light enter into this darkness? How will what seems like things will not fit, things will not work out. How will this all take place? And we see God doesn't just give them a prescription and say, go do this. He doesn't actually just say, hey, Mary, you're going to be good. Just trust me. God himself gets involved and the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary. You see, the solution is not tasks. The solution is not uh, equations. The solution is not change behaviors. The solution is Christ. Himself, the solution is God himself sending an angel. The solution is God himself as the Holy Spirit coming on Mary and saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. And that is that is our our continued challenge that that when the situation seems like we don't understand it, when it seems like we can't figure out how this is going to happen. Do you believe that you are alone in that moment? Do you believe that because it doesn't add up in your human mind or if because you can't see how it's going to pan out that you are alone? Or do you believe that this God. That he's with you. That he enters into our situations. We are not married. This is a very unique situation. I don't know nobody. hey. Don't don't let don't let your wife. All right. um, This is a unique situation. But you but you also need to understand what God is communicating here. And just as he's done it here with Mary, he did it with Gideon. That he stepped in and got involved in a situation that seemed like it wasn't going to work out. And he said, I am with you. I'm with you. There's this time where. Where Jesus himself is troubled. In John chapter 11. Two sisters that are pretty close to Jesus come to him and they say, Jesus, your 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 homie, the the one you love is 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 gone. And Jesus is, is, is moving towards the place where he's located, but, but something happens. Mary comes out, Martha comes out, they come out, and, and there's some people that follow Mary. And there's this, in John chapter 11, there's this accompaniment of, of, of Jewish folks that are just weeping. She's weeping their weeping, all of this weeping meets Jesus. And in John chapter 11, verse 32 and 33, it says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Don't that sound to you like one of those how can this work out moments? How, how will this all pan out? It seems like this is definitive. It wouldn't have happened if you had been here. It happened, so it must be done. It seems like it's a, how is this going to work out? But verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly Troubled. Troubled. Why was Jesus troubled? Why was he troubled by this experience? He's troubled because because Jesus enters in to the reality of our lives and and death. Troubles him. Pain troubles him even though he has the ability, and we will see can raise the dead, it still doesn't mean that we won't experience trouble. Trouble that's heavy, trouble that's painful, trouble that can be weighty, but trouble that has a solution. Trouble that Christ has not forgotten us in. Trouble that Jesus steps into and can make miraculous. He stepped into Mary's situation. Not just for Mary, but for the weight of all of humanity. So I, 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 I'm with my Catholic brothers a little bit that I that I think Mary's is crazy important. And, and her response is one that should be a model for men and women. One where 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 sometimes we have to wrestle with. Who we think we are and who God says we are, but but in humility, we say. Well, it is as you say, God. I'm your servant. That's the posture we want to end up having because we know that this Christ, this God comes into our situation that he is with us before a purpose. See, you don't have God's favor. I don't have God's favor so that we can enjoy Christian comfort. We don't have God's favor just for the sake of us being able to have a life that's a little bit easier. Believe God's favor is for the purpose of glorifying his name. So my prayer is that you will, like Mary, respond when God has you in situations that might be a little bit troubling but where he sees what you can accomplish for his kingdom purposes by his Holy Spirit power, even if you don't see how it's going to work out. I'm grateful for examples of of godliness. And Mary is one. And I'm grateful for her testimony of how this angel stepped into her life, her and Joseph's life. And we're going to hear from, from Joseph and some of the other beautiful people within the Bible as they share about this journey of Christ coming. My prayer is that you would not, as a person listening today at home, worshiping with us today. My prayer is that you would not be a person that keeps trying to figure it all out yourself when Jesus is saying, I am right here waiting. You might figure out how to get the fridge in. You might figure out how to stuff the groceries in. You might figure out how to pay off all those medical bills, how to how to take care of all that debt. But how will you figure out how to deal with the debt of your sin? How are you going to work that out? Jesus is the only answer for you, my sister. The only answer for you, my brother. And today can be the first day of a new life in Christ by you submitting your will, trying to be in control, trying to take over and say, God, I give it unto you. I want you to be with me. See, if you if you want to start walking that road and I invite you to simply pray with me and repeat after me. God, you are in control. Help me to give up all control to you. I am a slave to sin. I repeat cycles of sin, but you can break those cycles. You are our savior that entered into this world so that we could be free so that I can be free. Now allow me, by the power of your spirit, to live for you and refuse sin. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Mac, family, if you have, if you are, have prayed that prayer, if you are a... a A new believer today as a result of praying that prayer first, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are grateful that that you have taken a step towards all the graces that he lavishes upon us, that you have you have received these gifts that God gives and you've received the gift of new life. We hope that you'll stay on with us afterwards. Join me for a Zoom call where I'd love to walk with you through the the basics of the faith and what moving on in your faith looks like. But if you are a person that has been uh, walking with Christ for some time, and and there is a growing that needs to happen, a a looking more like Christ that must happen, a sanctification process, then I ask you, not simply are you aware of troubled times? Because see, troubled times puts challenges into perspective it allows you to see that troubled times don't run me actually God is still in control I just don't see how it's going to work out but you are in control see allow allow your mind to shift into a a troubled mindset where you're like okay God you're still on the throne you still got this but now the question is will you follow humbly As a servant. Based on how he guides you. Will you see that I don't understand how this is going to work out or what you're calling me to? I don't know how to get there. But where you go, I will lead. But what you're asking me to, I will do. No matter how much pain it costs me, even if I don't understand. I will trust and walk with you. That's the the call of the believer and that's the call of the church to believe in Christ's reign and in his leading, even when we don't understand each part of the plan. I invite you, family, to, to invite church members and family and friends into that. If you are in a place where you're trying to wrap your mind around a troubled situation, and Christ calling you to walk in a manner that requires great trust and humility. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for Mary's example. We're grateful for you working through Mary. We are thankful for you showing up in situations where it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. But God, but God, but God. Again and again. But we can somehow believe it for Gideon. We can somehow believe it for Mary. We can get it for Martha and Mary. But Somehow, Lord, receiving it ourselves can be difficult. Believing that you will do the miraculous in our lives can be difficult. God, sometimes the miraculous is not us getting what we ask for, but what you do in our hearts during the process. Help us, Jesus. Let us depend on you. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Jesus' holy name. Amen.